My name is Daniel. I'm actually one of the pastors here, and uh, I am going to get focused this morning, and I'm going to give you guys what God has given me. Um, so your presence, again, here matters. Thank you guys all for uh, showing up and showing out this morning. God is doing something special here, and so I'm just going to jump right in. I'm going to tell you up front, this will be my second shortest sermon of all time. Word? Word. So please lean in, have intention to pay attention, because it's, it will all be over before you know it. Yes. Uh, quickly, um, the common theme that we've set up each week has been to make the most of the rest of the year. We've said so many times during this time of the year, our human nature is to begin to think about coasting into the new, to the new year and then hitting the reset button when the clock strikes 12. As of this Monday, of, of Monday of this week, we had exactly 33 days left. As of tomorrow, we already are down to only 26 days left or 26 pages left to be written in our, 21, our 2021 story. And I'm going to start off this week where I left off last week with this question. And this was so good. My wife even reminded me of it. Is your tongue inspiring change or chains? Is your tongue affirming change or chains? And I got a little bit of both right before service. I got a very discouraging word, just to be honest with you. And then my son came over and prayed for me while we were worshiping, and, and I really felt, and it's, I think God let me experience it in that moment for a reason. I felt in that small moment that, that I, I felt like somebody's words just affected me in a heavy way, honest, right before we started. And then when my son came and prayed, there was something that just broke off, and it, I broke in, in, in an instant. So, so there is power in our words to inspire and affirm, to create change or chains. Word. Remember, your effort affirms what you see, and what you see, your report affirms what you see, and what you see is what you say. So what are you seeing, and what are you saying? Here's my quote from last week. Are you currently walking in the blessings that used to be your prayer requests, but you haven't taken the time to stop and circle them and say, thank you, Lord? Like I said last week, that's the power of this series. That's the power of this season. Lord, we are going to speak of all the good things you're doing, all the great things that you've done, and all the incredible things that you will do in the future. I hope it's brought you affirmation. I hope it's brought affirmation to your actions. I hope it's building you up. I hope it's spurring you on. I hope it's validating your guys' calling. And I hope you know that your life has value. Your life has value. Your existence is for a purpose. God sees things in you, like I said last week, that you don't see in you, things that he's proud of. And when we start to see ourselves the way God sees us, the power of his affirmation will inspire us to begin to rewrite and redirect the trajectory of our future, individually and collectively. Word? Word. I challenge you once again, family, let's finish the year strong, reveal. Let's finish the year strong. Let's lock arms and let the Holy Spirit continue to inspire us through the gift of our hero, Jesus, and by the word of our testimonies. Speaking of testimonies, speaking of testimonies, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank so many of you for tuning in online and also for many of you that were actually able to make it out live and be in the building this last Wednesday night. 
this is my one announcement, but especially to many of you older young adults, hear me on this. Your presence here was so overwhelmingly encouraging and affirming, and I hope you felt loved and welcomed when you came. And for those who uh, played such a, a special role in being a part of what I call Affirmation Nation, so many of you that took the time to write personal emails, notes of encouragement, uh, encouragement or even to embrace and share words of affirmation to all of those that actually shared their testimonies in week one, wow. Now, I, I would encourage any of you and many of you to come out to be present each Wednesday in the month of December. Doors open at 6.30 p.m., and, and our live service online will now start at 7 p.m. We're going to go 15 minutes earlier. We want to be moving, we're moving the start time back so that we can get you out of here by 8 p.m. sharp and be respectful of your time as well. But please, I encourage you to come out and continue to support the special work that God is doing in our church through this younger generation. Thank you, thank you, and thank you again. Word? Word. And speaking of word, to all of our older young adults, I have a word for you this morning. Even with the short sermon today, I felt led to take the time to speak it. I felt God impressing this on me to affirm you as well this morning, to build you up through my words, not by obligation or because I was told so, but because I'm truly inspired to do so. Hear me, older, young adults, anybody over the age of 35, please stand with me as quickly as you can. Yes, over the age of 35. So you are all considered older, young adults. Yes, 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 and, and yes, and, and, and hear me on this. This is my word to all of you. I'm not biased to the young folks, okay? Here, here's what I want to say to you, and this is from my heart. You define stability in our church family. All of your dedication and Christ-like demonstration of what true servanthood looks like from cleaning bathrooms to folding bulletins, from greeting to leading, from praying for every service to praying for every situation, from your generosity and sowing financially into the work that God is doing here, to your selfless giving, your heart to keep tithing faithfully. It keeps the lights on and it keeps the mission moving forward. Every volunteer effort seen and unseen, it is the collaborative effort of all of you that step up and serve those that are on the field week in and week out. The mission of our church wouldn't move forward without all of you. You are the backbone of our church family. And I mean that. I mean that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean that. One more thing. Please, please don't ever believe the lie that your efforts are in vain or that your efforts aren't appreciated. You are the heart and the soul of this church. And we thank you so deeply and dearly for all you do. Please hear me. Each and every one of you guys matters. Please know you are loved. God sees all you do, and he is so proud of your humility, your kindness, and the example that you set in what service looks like. This younger generation is simply an answer 
to our prayers. The reinforcements that will keep this movement going forward, they are the energy that will inspire. Their youthful health and strength is an inlet of blessing that so many churches yearn for. With everyone doing, everyone doing their part, many of you, with everyone doing their part, many of you continuing to inspire and affirm the good work that God is doing in them, helping them on their journey to wholeness, mentoring them, coaching them, encouraging them, and most importantly, loving them. They will one day carry on the torch of the kingdom that will far outlive many of us. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for standing. No, let's, no, go ahead and give that, yes. Thank you. I hope that you hear my heart in that. That is my heart and that was how I see, and, and I felt like that was necessary. Now, I don't know exactly what God is doing here in our church. He's stirring something in our pastor. He's stirring something in me. He's stirring something collaboratively, but I know it's special. Reveal is becoming an even brighter light in those dark areas. A place of great hope to those that have lost hope. We are becoming that city on the hill, that lamp on, that lamp on a lampstand. And I believe, you guys, with everything within me, that this is just the beginning. Word? Word. Okay, let's keep moving. If you miss any of the following messages in the series, and I think it's so important to take moments like that, to circle with the things that God is doing, thank him for that, and keep moving. Amen? Amen. So if you missed any of the following messages in the series, I'd encourage you to go back and get caught up. Last week, we said that the initial calling that's recorded almost identically in both Matthew chapter 4 and Mark chapter 1, when Jesus first called the disciples, um, would be one of the two events used to inspire and affirm one of the initial sparks to the greatest movement of all time. It was one of the two. We're going to talk about two today. In that same story, not only did Jesus inspire, but we also said last week that Jesus, he affirmed them. He chose them. He, the ninth degree red belt rabbi, blue check mark heaven, master and long-awaited Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Galilean from Nazareth, he chose them. And today, he chooses you and he chooses me. Jesus, the king of both inspiration and affirmation. He chooses you, and he chooses me. That's good news. That's great news. Word? Word. So they were inspired. They were affirmed. Affirmed by red belt, blue check mark, having Jesus. So they, they went. So they're affirmed. They're inspired, and they went. They went on and never turned back. They walked away permanently from security, from comfort, from the smell of fish, from dirty nets, and from all that they knew. Not quite. Not quite. At least not yet. And I think this will be an on-ramp for many of us this morning. This will resonate. This will challenge us. Yes, they went. This is true. But they went back to being part-time Christians. They went back to their nets. They went back to their boats. They went back to safety. They went back to comfort. They went back to their past. Let me say this up front. This message is not permission to leave your job, to leave your wife, to leave your kids, or leave your dog. Maybe your cat, but not your dog. 
and definitely not your wife. Um, I'm using the metaphor of what they did. The disciples went back to what Jesus was calling them out of, back to fishing, back to comfort, and back to what was familiar, back to their past. Following Jesus means more than just acknowledging him as Savior. We must also leave our past behind and commit our future to him as well. I'm using this story today as a way to refer to the things and the places in our lives that we keep returning to, the things and places in our lives that keep Jesus from having our complete and undivided attention, the things and places in our lives that keep Jesus from being able to multiply the good fruit in our lives, the only good fruit that actually entices others to want what we have and follow him. Today's message is not a message about occupation. It's not a message about dedication. It is a message about dedication. It's a short message about multiplication. In fact, the word for today is exactly that, multiplication. Come and see. All right, let's get into the word. We're just going to trust God to speak to us and breathe life into us today. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. I've got it on the screens for you guys today as well for time's sake. So I saved you. I saved you. Okay, here we go. Luke 5, we're going to go verse 1. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for fishermen that had left them and were washing their nets. And it, it was funny, God put this on my heart, I had to put it on my notes even as I was sitting there, that, that, that these empty boats sometimes represent our empty efforts. They went out and they, they, they tried on their own, they tried to do what they could on their own, they gave it their best shot, they were washing their nets and, and, and kind of probably had a bit of a downcast um, attitude in the spirit when they're washing their nets and that they were empty so they hadn't brought in a great haul. And sometimes this, and in this moment, I think this story meets a lot of us right there. As a lot of our efforts have come back empty. We've returned to the places that God pulled us out of. We've returned to our past, and once again, our efforts have come up empty. Here's where it begins to change is Jesus, verse 3 says, stepping into one of the boats. And don't you know that Jesus just has to step in one person's boat? Just one boat, just one empty boat. Jesus took the step into the boat, and Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. He sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Now, I don't know exactly what Jesus taught, and I would like to know what he was teaching, but I'm, I, I, <laughs> I assume that it was extremely powerful as always. I do believe it had something to tie into what it is that happened afterwards, but it says when he had finished Speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper. Go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch, to catch some fish. And so many times I think we think of, and God showed me this, is that so many times we, we want to go up a mountain, and going up the mountain we can see it, but in order to go higher we have to go lower. In order to get higher we have to go deeper. In order to get more we got to dig down. Word, we got to go deeper. We got to go deeper. 
Simon's response was, Master. Simon replied, we worked hard all last night, and we didn't catch a thing. So many times I think we're at that place where we say to God, God, I, I'm trying. I'm putting in effort. I'm putting in work. And I keep coming back with empty efforts to an empty boat. You're saying do it again? Again, God, keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep going. Okay. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And that word for some of you this morning is you just have to keep going. Don't quit because uh, uh, just one more time, do it again and again and again and again. If he says do it a hundred times, you say, God, I'm going to do it as many times as you keep telling me. I don't see it, but I trust you. Amen. Amen. Verse 6 says, it, verse six says <laughs> and this time, and this time, you never know when this time is going to be. You never know when this time is going to be, but when you do it again, this time will come. Their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the room. They had to get their partners. They had so much in their boat, they had to say, hey, hey, James and John, you guys get over here. We need help. We have so much now that it's overflowing. We need help. And it says that the blessing was so big. When this time came, when they were just about to give up, it says a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled the fish uh, were fish and on the verge of sinking. And I've had those moments recently, church, where I feel like the, the blessings that are coming Wednesday, the la ba last baptism, where I feel like the, the blessings are about to sink my boat. That is a, that, that, so there's something in this. Now, it says, verse 8, I'm going to close it out. When Peter realized what had happened, when Peter realized what has happened, and I think the reason why I'm wanting you guys, encourage you guys to stop and realize what's happening, it will drive us to our knees. Because there is something happening here. Like I've never seen before, I told my wife this morning, I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they'd caught, as were the others that were with him. That word awestruck. I've been awestruck lately. Haven't used that word ever, but I've been quite awestruck lately by the things that are happening in our church. Word. Verse 10 says, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were, Zebedee, were also amazed. Amazed. Some of you guys that came out here the other night, I got emails that just said that I was amazed by, by what God is doing. So encouraging. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. Don't be afraid. Another word that I think God put on my heart while we were worshiping was this. Some of you are under the pressure to provide. And see, what he was afraid of was walking away what provided for his family, 
who provided for his extended family. He was afraid of walking away from that which he was used to. He was afraid of walking away which, which provided for him all his life. And I think in this moment, Jesus showed him that if you trust me, I will provide. I will provide what you need. I will give you more than you ever thought could happen. You thought you were going to throw your nets over and maybe get something, but what you got left you awestruck, let, let, left feelings of, of that was awesome. That, that, that is what happens when we trust and give God that pressure that we have to provide. And as soon as they landed, they left everything in their past, and they follow Jesus. Multiplication, come and see. That's the title. Multiplication, come and see. Worship team, if you would come on back up, please. Multiplication, come and see. I want to tell you guys, with the shortest period of time that I've had, something's happening. And you know, I don't, I, I, if I mean it, I say, like, I'll say what I mean and mean what I say. Something is happening. And I believe many of you are telling your friends, you're telling your family, just come and see. I don't know why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, but just come and see. I don't know why these kids are so excited and why they won't quit coming and why they love the worship in front, but they're bringing their friends and they're coming on Sundays. Just come and see. See something starts to happen when we... Something starts to happen when we choose obedience over feelings, when we choose obedience over circumstances, when we can start to come to a mature place where we're able to say, it doesn't all make sense, but I'll do what you say, Lord. It doesn't feel good, but I'll do what you say, Lord. These are growing pains. They're stretching me, but I will do what you say, Lord. I know I went back before. I know I've been living in shallow waters and expecting deep faith. I know I've been empty, washing the same junk out of the same nets because I'm living in the same shallow places. Step into my boat, Lord, and tell me what to do. I want to see your stamp of multiplication. I want to see your fruit of more in my life. I, I know, Lord, in order for me to stop being a wannabe and start seeing what I want to see, I've got to let you in my boat. I've got to choose obedience. I've got to choose obedience. I've got to go deeper. Multiplication, that's what leaves us awestruck. And our partners and our friends amazed. It's what takes us to a place of brokenness with a hard attitude that says, I will leave everything you told me to leave permanently. I will follow you and never look back. I'm not just going to acknowledge you as Savior. I'm going to leave my past behind and commit my future to you. Because I surrendered my life to you. I re-surrender my life to you today. And I know I'm your child, Lord. I know your words. <laughs> your word says, love covers a multitude of sins. The time when I missed the mark. You love me more than I'll ever understand, Lord. I am a child of God. I am a child to love. 